Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, only you can steal my soul first this morning. Lord, my soul thirsts to be here again in your presence. I say good morning, Father. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Thank you that I am able to come into your presence again this morning. Thank you because this is the day that you made. Thank you because of what you have planned. And so I bless you this morning because you are Alpha and Omega. I bless you this morning because you are Jehovah. You are Jehovah Jireh. You are the one who provides it. I bless you this morning because you are the Lord, our healer. Yes, Lord, you heal us of every pain, physical pain, emotional pain, spiritual pain. Thank you because you are Jehovah Rapha. We bless your name this morning because you are the one who is sufficient. You are more than enough, O God. We give you all the praise. Father, as we read our Bibles again this morning, and as we learn in your presence, we ask, let your name be magnified. Let your name be glorified. In the mighty name of Jesus, we ask that your words will fill our hearts and that you will grant us wisdom and understanding again. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right, let me say a big welcome to everyone joining in to devotion this morning. I am Murphy Eyenike. We continue our reading, study, and commentary uh, of the New Testament. We are in the book of Luke currently. We are stopped in Luke chapter 16 yesterday. Yes, Luke chapter 16. Um, we stopped just before the story of uh, the parable of the rich man and Lazarus. A big thank you to everyone joining in this morning. God bless you. I hope you are doing well. I hope you are enjoying the grace of God. And I just pray for you this morning. You will enjoy the mercies of God. I pray for you this morning that God will show up for you. In the place where you need it, it will be provided in the mighty name of Jesus. All right, please get your Bibles. We are reading from Luke chapter 16, verse 19 this morning. And we will also conclude Luke chapter 17. See, Jesus said there was a certain rich man who was splendidly splendidly uh, clothed in purple and fine linen and who lived each day in luxury. He was splendidly clothed in purple and fine linen and lived each day, every day, each day of his life, he lived it in luxury. The truth is that statement is where the problem is. 
The problem is not about whether this was a rich man at all. The fact is, the problem is that he lived every single day, each day of his life. He lived it for pageantry and for enjoyment and for fun. And I don't know, okay, so I don't know how he came to his wealth. I know that you don't, you don't, um, you don't amass wealth like that. But however, that is how he was living. Verse 26, at his gate, at his gate lay a, lay a poor man named Lazarus. Lazarus who was covered with sores. As Lazarus lay there longing for scraps from the rich man's table, the dogs would come and lick his open sores. Okay, so it says Lazarus laid there longing for scraps. So it's possible that usually they bring them some food. Possible. They bring them some food and so that's why it was he was waiting there or that he had just come there to beg for food but i don't think the story gives us any um any sense as if he gets food there as lazarus lay there longing for scrap from the rich man's table the dogs would come and lick, lick his open sore say finally the poor man died okay so it looked more as if because of the lack of care and everything he passes on the poor man died and was carried by the angels to sit uh, beside abraham at the heaven at heaven at the heavenly banquet okay so it doesn't mean that it was because he was poor that was why he was carried, you know, um, to Abraham's, <laughs> uh, to carry to sit beside Abraham. No, it just meant that this man was a righteous man. The, the rich man, however, lived his life however he wanted and did not bother having a relationship with God. And that was why he ended in the place he ended up. Okay, so the rich man could easily have ended up beside Abraham. Abraham was a rich man. Uh Abraham was stupendously rich. Isaac was a rich man. Okay? Uh Jacob was a rich man. Okay? So, they each have gone to where they have gone to not because they were poor or rich or don't make that mistake. The rich man also died and was buried. Verse 23, and he went to the place of the dead. There in torment he saw Abraham in the far distance with Lazarus at his side. The rich man shouted, Father Abraham, have some pity. Send Lazarus over here to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. I am in anguish in this place. At least we know that he regarded Abraham. He knew Abraham, you know, rich people. <laughs> hey, social class. <laughs> so, still called Abraham, Father Abraham. But I think he still thinks that there is still that hierarchy in heaven. Send Lazarus here. Let him bring me uh, let him bring me water, you know, to cool my tongue. I am in anguish in this place. Sadly, that hierarchy has ended. <laughs> But Abraham said to him, Son, remember that during your lifetime you had everything you wanted 
and Lazarus had nothing, so now he is here being comforted and you are in anguish. Um, and beside there is a great chasm separating us. No one can cross over to you from here and no one can cross over from us from you. Okay, from there. 27, then the rich man said, Please, Father Abraham, at least send send him. I don't know why this guy thinks Lazarus is his errand boy or is Abraham's errand boy. Okay, maybe okay. Send the angels. But say, send Lazarus, send him to my father's house. For I have five brothers and I want him to warn them so they don't end up in this place of torment. Remember that Lazarus died before this man. <laughs> but he says they should send Lazarus that's rotting in the grave. They should send him. See, but Abraham said, Moses and the prophets have warned them. Your brothers can read what they, they wrote. Yes, they can read what they wrote. The rich man replied, No, Father Abraham, but if someone is sent to them from the dead, since then they will repent of their sins and turn to God. Uh, but Abraham said, if they won't listen to Moses and the prophets, they won't be persuaded even if someone rises from the dead. I know that there are many people who think that the miraculous causes people to follow God. No, I'm telling you. Okay, so it's, it excites them and, and maybe um, catches their attention. But what gets men to follow God is the word of God. Yes, in this place, it's being called Moses and the prophets. is the word of God. So you must remember that either as the one sharing the message, as the preacher or as the pastor, you must always remember that. But the lesson in the message is very clear, right? <laughs> Each one of us will spend our time somewhere in eternity. Whether it will be with God or it will be away from God, each one of us will decide by the way we lived our time here on this earth. Lazarus, by the way he lived his life here on this earth, remember Lazarus could easily have ended up in hell, just like this man was. Okay, and there will be many poor people in hell. I, I, in fact, I am very certain of that. That there will be many, in fact, by far more poor people in hell. Because sometimes poverty makes you do stupid things. <laughs> do stupid things. And I don't know how easy it is to obey God, to love your neighbor, you know, when, uh, when you are struggling yourself. Okay, so... It doesn't mean that his being poor was the advantage. His advantage was that he had a relationship with God. Never forget that. And then uh, the rich man. The rich man going to this place of torment was not because he was a rich man. Abraham himself, like I said, was a rich man. It was because he disregarded God while he was here on earth. Disregarded taking care of his neighbor while he was here on earth. And that was why it ended up in hell. I pray that you will prepare well for your own eternity in the mighty name of Jesus. All right, let's move on to Luke chapter 17. First, the teaching about forgiveness and faith. One day, Jesus said to his disciples, There will always be temptation to sin. 
there will always be temptation to sin until we come to the point in the book of Revelation where the Bible says that, you know, death and and hell were cast, they were cast into, into the lake of fire. Okay? And then the dragon himself was cast into the lake of fire, the one that told, that tempted the people to sin until that time temptations will not cease they will continue to come there will always be temptation to sin but what sorrow awaits the person who does the tempting what this verse is teaching us verse 1 Luke chapter 17 verse 1 is that the devil will use people to tempt others okay the devil is not going to come out, come himself to say, okay, and use and be tempting people. Whenever he's tempting people, yes, okay, he can give them pictures in their mind, you know, make them have longings and everything like that. But usually, he will use someone else. If they have longing sexual thoughts, for example, then they are thinking of someone else. They are thinking of they have to have most likely have a mental picture in their mind and then with every other temptation the devil actually uses so jesus says look oh ha the person that the devil is using hey what sorrow awaits that person but what sorrow awaits the person who does the tempting the person the devil is using it would be better to be thrown into into the sea with a milestone hung around your neck than to cause one of these little ones to fall into sin. So watch watch yourself. Don't become an instrument of temptation. Ladies, listen to me. Guys, listen to me. Don't become an instrument in the hand of the devil to cause other people to fall. Okay? Whether it is sexual temptation, whether it is weakness towards money you know towards wealth whatever it is don't become the instrument in the hand of the devil the instrument the devil uses to cause others to fall jesus says look it might be better for you to hang a milestone around your neck eh and drop into and be thrown into the sea than cause one of these little ones to fall into sin Say so watch yourselves. If another believer sins, rebuke that person. That's how we should do it. Rebuke the person directly, one-on-one. Okay? Don't come out on social media and come and be and be and be publicly disgracing the person. That's not God's intention. It says rebuke the person. Then if there is repentance, forgive. If the person says, I am sorry, forgive the person. Even if that person wrongs you seven times a day and each time turns again and asks forgiveness, you must forgive. And by seven times, Jesus simply meant perfection. Be willing to forgive. Okay? That someone has to really, really have something wrong with them to offend you seven times. But even if they do, forgive them. Verse 5 says, The apostles said to the Lord, Show us how to increase our faith. Show us how to increase our faith. That was the question. The Lord answered, If you had faith even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, May you be uprooted and be planted in the sea, and it will it would obey you. So, 
they ask Jesus, show us how to increase our faith. Jesus says, if you have faith, even as small as this mustard seed, what you need at the beginning is not large faith, it's not big faith. You just need faith to start what you are doing. And as you start whatever it is that you are doing, I'm telling you the power of God will meet you on the way as you start that thing. So what you actually need is just a little faith. It's just a little faith. And usually, I'm telling you, whenever it comes to a point where you need faith for something, it is because that it is because your faith is not enough. It's going to overwhelm you. Uh, but sincerely, that's exactly where you need to be. Where you are overwhelmed and you know you need God. If you don't need God, you don't you can handle this thing on your own, then you don't need faith, right? <laughs> you don't need faith. So Start with the little faith you have. Start with what you have. Since when a servant comes in from plowing or taking care of sheep, does his master say, come in and eat with me? No, he says, prepare my meal, put on your apron and serve me while I eat, then you can eat later. And does the master thank the servant for doing what he has, he was told to do? Of course not. In the same way, when you obey, you obey me, you should say we are unworthy servants who have simply done our duty. Hallelujah. Alright, let's look at Jesus healing the healing the ten leper. As Jesus continued on towards Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered the village there, ten men with leprosy stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. This is on the border between Galilee and Samaria. So that will tell you that some of the leopards were Samarians or Samaritans, whatever you want to call them, and then some of them will be Galileans. Okay, so some of them will be Jews, and others, some of them would not be not. Okay, they would not be. So crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, Go show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to, to Jesus shouting, Praise God! He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. You see that? So, we don't know how many of them were Samaritans, okay, among the ten. But the one that came back was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, didn't I heal ten men? Where are the other nine? As no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner. Aha! And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed. Your faith, your faith has healed you. So, it doesn't mean that the leprosy then came back on the ones that did not, came, did not come back to say thank you to Jesus. I think what Jesus meant was that your faith has saved you. In other words, he has come into a relationship with God by returning. Yes, by returning to say thank you. He was not just only healed physically in his body, but he, he now has a relationship with God. He was healed spiritually. Hallelujah. So one day, let's look at the coming, the coming of the kingdom. One day, the Pharisees asked Jesus, when will the kingdom of God come? When will the kingdom of God come? Jesus replied, the kingdom of God can't be detected by visible signs. Okay? 
it can't be detected by visible signs. You won't be able to say, here it is, uh, it's over there, for the kingdom of God is already among you. Okay? It was already among them because Jesus was there to execute the will of the Father when it comes to his when it comes to bringing the will of God, the kingdom of God to pass, he says the kingdom of God is already among you. Then he said to his disciple, his disciples, the time is coming when you will long to see the day when the Son of Man returns. And that's where we are today. Okay? You long to see the day is coming, the time is coming when you will long to see the day when the Son of Man returns. But you won't see it. Uh, people will tell you, look, there is the Son of Man, or here he is, don't, but don't go out and follow them. For as the lightning flashes, the lightning flashes and light and lights up the sky from one end of the of the one end to the other, so it will be on that day when the Son of Man comes. Jesus is talking about his second coming here, and I think he is talking about how the Antichrist and the false prophet will be able to deceive people. Okay, go and meet the Messiah here. Jesus is, is here doing this here towards the end time. What Jesus is telling us that when he is going to come, when the kingdom is going to be consummated, when he is going to come, everyone will see him come. And just as the lightning flashes, okay, and lights up the sky, everyone will see the one whom they pierce. We, for us, will see the one whom we praise, okay, the one whom we worship, we will see him return, but they will see the one whom they press. He says, so it will be on, on the day when the Son of Man comes. Verse 25, but first the Son of Man must suffer terribly and be rejected by this generation. Okay, that's exactly what happened when Jesus then dies on the cross. See, when the Son of Man returns, it will be like it was in, the, in Noah's days. In those days, the people enjoyed banquets and parties and, wedding, and weddings right up to the time Noah entered his boat. And the flood came and destroyed them all. Remember the question? What it will be like? Tell us what it will be like so that we can prepare, we can prepare for the coming of the kingdom. And Jesus is telling us that when the kingdom of God is going to be consummated, the consummation of the kingdom is when Jesus comes back a second time. Okay? When the kingdom is going to be consummated, it is going to be like the days of Noah. What was the days of Noah like? Noah was telling the people, the hack is ready. Come into the hack. We are saying to people today, the hack is ready. Come into the hack, the hack of Jesus. The name only, the only name that can save you. Come into this ark. Just like the days of Noah, people rejected. They said no until the day the rains came. And I'm telling you, it consumed all of them. It will be the same thing. They were partying. They were enjoying themselves until that day. I pray for you. Jesus' second coming will not catch you on our ears. In the mighty name of Jesus. It says parties and weddings right up to the time Noah entered his boat and the flood came and destroyed them all. 
says, and the word will the word will be as it was in the days of Lord. People went about their daily business, eating and drinking, buying and selling, farming and building, until the morning Lord left Sodom. See, then fire and burning sulfur rained down from heaven and destroyed. It destroyed them all. Yes, it will be business as usual right up to the day when the Son of Man is revealed. You hear that? It will be business as usual. People will want to continue to live the way they want. But I'm telling you, Jesus' second coming will be very soon. All the signs have been fulfilled. 31 says, On that day, a person out on the deck of the roof must not go down into the house to park. A person out in the field must not return home. Remember what happened to Lot's wife. Okay, She looked back. He says, If you cling to your life, you will lose it. And if you let your if you let your life go, you will save it. That night, two people will be asleep in one bed, and one will be taken, the or and the other left. Two women will be grinding flour together at the at the mill. One will be taken, and one and and the other will will be left. Um, um, where will where will this happen, Lord? The disciples asked. Jesus replied. Just as the gathering of vultures show, shows there is a carcass nearby, so these signs indicate that the end is near. Okay, so pay attention to some of the signs that Jesus talks about. You can read Matthew chapter 24. Okay, that is the parallel of this Luke chapter 17. Jesus talks about some of the signs how nation will rise up against nation and how the antichrist will then come the first prophet will then come begin to tell people that the messiah is here and all that um he will enter into a covenant with the nation of israel and then that covenant will bring peace between israel and and the arab nations they are signs that jesus is coming very soon I pray for you this morning. You will not miss his coming in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray that you will be ready. You will be ready. Jesus said, look, if you cling to your life, I pray that you, you will accept Jesus today. No need to cling to your life. Give it all to Jesus and you will not miss him in the mighty name of Jesus. If you are accepting Jesus as Lord, your Lord and Savior this morning, will you lift up your hands and pray, Father, have mercy on me. I choose Jesus today. I declare that you are my Lord and my Savior. Yes, pray that prayer. Father, we say thank you. I pray for every one of us listening in this morning and those of us that have given their lives to you. Lord, keep us for that day. Lord, preserve us so that on this day we will not be ashamed. Lord, we say thank you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right, thank you so much for listening today. God bless you. Enjoy your day.